his explanation, because he talks about Sefi Yitzhira and explains it to us. So, the next line in Sefi Yitzhira, which he quotes quotes out of the Sefi Yitzhira, and then he comes after to explain it, and then the Sefi Yitzhira says, Havain v'chachma, we saw the Aslam Chachma is what a person gets taught, and Havain means a person applies himself, a person applies himself to understand deeper than the fact that he's been given. V'chakein v'bina. Bina means that when a person understood what there is Bina, so he must look for a rise for that. He must look for like something which has already been given, which would make, which would fit in with what is, whatever Moscone or whatever understanding has come to. And then when a person has done that and tried to you know, either understand what he's learned or to prove what he's understood, so the next point is Bechar Bahem. Bechar Bahem, in other words, someone's supposed to check himself. The chakar mehem and analyze it, and that is the the process of that a person's meant to think and understand. Now, what's the topic that a person's meant to think and understand? We say that there's the bina, there's the chachma, there's the fact that a person has to analyze it, explain it, understand it. What are you referring to? Um, so the answer is, and this is the point of Sefer Yitzira. We said beforehand, none before the Sefer Yitzira was that the world is created with a Sefer. In other words, so to speak, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, has given us the, the the book in giving us the world. And now, just like if someone would write a sefer and say to you, I want you to learn my book and try and understand it, so then obviously we're going to read what it says and the best we can apply it and learn and think about it. So the same thing, HaKadosh Baruch gave us uh, this world as that book which is written. And then our job is to analyze the world, to understand the message I should have just a bit. And the, in the, the fact that the world tells us the message is before she's looking. I mean, we have the puzzle, because Shemayim is Sapper, quite girl, that uh, Shemayim is the Sapper, it tells over the, the glory of Hashem. Uh, just one example, and there's even a clear example, in Tosuk and Eov, where it says, V'nagoyinu k'sefer ha-shemayim, that the heavens were unrolled like a sefer. And therefore, the Hashem sefer, so to speak, is the world, and then our job is to look at the world and understand it. And I always use this to explain a very interesting Chazal. Chazal say that whoever says, Vayichulu on El Shabbos. He says Kiddush on the Friday night, and he says Vayichulu Hashemayim Va'aret. He becomes a partner with Hashem in the creation of the world. That's the Shulchan Shulach Kadosh Baruch Hu Bereisayim. And the question is, the person was created after the world was finished. He was the last thing Hashem created. So how can you be a partner in Hashem in the creation when the creation happened before you? And 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 the person is only saying Vayichulu way later. So what? The Mafrei become a partner with Hashem. How does it make sense? In other words, how do you work backwards to become a part in the creation when the creation has already been and finished and done? And the aside is that the partnership with Hashem creating the world is because the Hashem created the world to say something, to teach something. And therefore, the, the creation as something which is meant to be learned, something which is meant to be taught, but there's nobody who learns that, no one who teaches it, is the Etzem, it's like writing a book which no one ever read. Whereas if there's somebody who can come and read the book, someone can understand, what the, then he's a partner in that, because the book is written the Etzem for the person who's reading it. So write a Sefer, which I'm going to keep locked, and no one will ever see, there's no point writing it. And therefore, just like you could say that the person who reads the Sefer is a partner in the Sefer with the person who wrote it, because that's what a Sefer is there for. It's for one person to write, another person to read. And therefore, without anyone to read it, it's a uh, meaning of safer. Part of the purpose. <coughs> it's purpose in the purpose in the purpose in the safe is meant to be. So it's not that the person reading the safe helped write it. It was written before he got his hands in it. 
that there was no point in the safe without someone to read it. And the same thing there'd be no point in the Bri without someone to understand it. And therefore a person who says Vaikul virus means I can see that Hashem created the world. Oh, that's what a Kodesh Baruch wants. That's a person who understood the Bria and that justifies the Bria. And therefore in, in, in giving the world some meaning, that person becomes a partner in that. And that's the same you said over here, that what a person is meant to understand and think about and examine and explore is the Bria. And remember, Sefi Yitzira was the book of Abraham Avinu, like we said before. And the side of that is, Abraham Avinu was the person who practiced this himself. Abraham Avinu was the man who applied himself to understanding the world. And that's all he had. He, wasn't, he didn't have the Torah, he didn't have prophecy at that stage. All he had was the world. And understanding the world brought him to a mother. Understanding the world brought him to recognize Hashem. In other words, he could read that from the world. And therefore, you write and say, that, that becomes an obligation on somebody. You just look at the world around you and look what the world's trying to teach you. Because uh, and if a person examines it and explores it and understands it and thinks about it, say, yes, I'll come to him on it. Why doesn't everybody? It's very simple. No one bothers to explore it. We take it as a given that there's a world and the world works, and no one takes the, tries to explore what the world's trying to say. And therefore, of course, they don't go that route. And if you look at the various chazals of how Ramavino came to Amunah, there was nothing that deep about what he thought about that no one else could have thought about. In other words, we're talking about a three-year-old child and the starting stages of Abraham Avinu's journey, and he came to recognize that there must be a creator, there must be Hashem. And what brought him to that? Uh, he, looked, he looked at the world around him. We can talk in a moment what he saw exactly and how he got to the realization, but we don't see anything which another person couldn't do. There was no major breakthrough in genius at that stage. Uh, Abraham's position came later, but at that stage, another person couldn't get to. And why did nobody? Because it didn't interest anybody to try and work it out. Anybody before him? Right. And therefore, the, the instruction to look at the world as something which we have to learn and understand will bring us to the, 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 the hakara, the recognition, that the world has something to say. You know, the world has something to say, which means it's telling us that it was created. It's telling us that there's a creator who's in charge of it. What will Abraham Avinu see? So whenever we talk about the Amun of Adim, and we want to you know, lay down the foundations of Amun and Hashem, so of course, the Amud de Amun is Abraham Avinu. So we go to the Chazals of how Abraham Avinu came to Hashem, and we just think of what Chazals say, that's really the way we can come to a recognition that there must be a creator from the world, the same way Abraham Avinu did. And that is, we brought, even the Chazal himself brought this line of reasoning before. That is, things don't create themselves, the first point. The second point, that that's an axiom. I think it's very straightforward that you can't create yourself. The second point is, that something can't exist um, without whatever it needs to survive, and therefore, something somebody can't exist, something can't create the things that are necessary for its own survival. Because if it was necessary for it to survive, so how does it live without that? So just to give an example of what I'm saying, to say that let's say a person created oxygen, is impossible. Why? Because since a person needs oxygen to live, so then how would he have lived without it? So he couldn't have created it because he would have had to have lived before it in order to create it. So that's not possible. And you're going to take it by extension. If you look at the system, that everything in the system is interdependent, then nothing could have created anything else. Because without, how would it have worked in the, without the other things which it's reliant on? Everything in the universe is dependent on So now on let's, let's think about that. In other words, in other words, um, to say that something in the world, in the system, could have created the sun 
is not really possible. Why? Because the the world needs the sun, whether it's for the light, whether it's for the warmth, whether it's for everything else, and therefore the world couldn't exist before the sun. Now, same thing. And um, if you're going to go the other way around, let's take different factors in the world. The water. The world can exist without water. The world can exist without air. But in a system where the, there's plants and there's animals and there's people, and they all need each other to live off, and it needs the soil, and it needs the, all the, the nutrients in the soil, and it needs the sunlight. So it's a system where uh, everything needs everything else. And if that's the case, how are you going to say that one thing created the other? It, need, it, it, it needs the other thing. Is there anything in the universe that's, depend- that's dependent on nothing but its own? Well, nothing alive. Nothing, nothing alive in the universe is, 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 self, is self-sufficient. Stuff in space, stars, stars... That's why I said nothing alive. Stars are inanimate. They might be a light, but they might, they might be light, but they aren't living things. Well, anything there in rocks? Anything time is not alive. Right. Nothing living could have, crea- it could have been the start of the system. Living also including plant life. Plant life. Plant life also has requirements to live. It needs nutrients, it needs sunlight, it needs air, and it needs water. Right. And therefore, the, the world can speak to a person if they bother to look at it. If they bother to look at it. What was the result of that exploration? That, well, then there's two things in the system that didn't create themselves and didn't create each other. So like we said before, and this was our guys' route as well, there's two only, there are only two other options left. The one is is that everything always existed, or that there was an external creator which created it. Okay, so then let's explore both possibilities. And that we, we spoke about. Could it have been that everything always existed? No, it couldn't have been because nothing would change. And therefore the only other option left is that something external to the system created it, which wasn't reliant on the system. So that's how everyone came to Hashem. What do you mean by the question, nothing will change? What do you mean by that? We spoke about that point. And that is, something which always was, means, thank you, means there can't be factors which are going to cause it to change. Because Berega changes, then, then it, it, if it always existed without, any, without anything else, then it's not subject to change of anything else. Whereas something which is, which is changeable means it doesn't have the factors which, means, which could have always kept it there. It's reliant on other things. And therefore, what in the Berega can't change? Or in the real can't change. That's why we have the famous uh, Chazal, that it can't be the sun, because the sun goes up and the sun goes down, it can't be the moon, and it can't be the stars. Everything in the real which started to change, obviously wasn't always there. Okay, so that's it. So all we want to say is that the, the instruction of Sefi Yitzira, and that is, look to the Bria as something to learn, something which you can understand, something as you can read, as if it were a book, is really the, the story of Abraham himself. Now, that's the first part of the line of Sefi Yitzira which we can understand in a very physical sense. In other words, a person should learn from the world around him, outside of him, because that's going to bring him to a mother. Now, the next part of the Aaron Sefi Yitzhira, the Kuzari explains is referring to something which we spoke about on a more spiritual level. And then he says, Vada, you must know, V'chashayv and you must think, V'tzur, now, the different explanations in the Farsh what word V'tzur means. If it comes to the word to be oitzer, to stop, so it means to prevent something, or it comes to the word of something which is like a rock, a foundation. Set up things the way they're meant to be, and therefore put the yoitzer, the creator, where he belongs. Now what does that mean? 
no, what that means in the Vashem explain it, is that a person can look around everything in the Bria, but even though we see millions of different things which are taking place in the Bria, it's, a person has to understand that Vahamid Dara Bria, a person has to put things back into their right perspective, and that is, that understand that even though there's so many things, they don't come from so many sources. They don't come from so many sources. And therefore, put the Yetzir, the Creator, back where he belongs, that there's only one Creator who created everything. And now why is that something that Sayyid Yetzir would tell us? Because you remember, this is Avraham Avinu talking, and this was the world that Avraham Avinu faced. Because in Avraham Avinu's world, which was the world of paganism, which he came to argue with, so the way that the, the other people of religion at the time understood the world was that every physical thing has a spiritual counterpart. And therefore, uh, each thing has its spiritual has its spiritual uh, malach or spiritual guardian, whatever it's going to be. If that's the case, there's lots and lots of spiritual forces out there. Yeah, there's the god of the plants, and the god of the animals, and the god of the water, and the god of the sun, and the god of the rain, and the god of whatever else it's going to be, because each thing has a physical has a physical has a spiritual counterpart, which is true. But what the service says, Hamid al which means it might be there's a spiritual counterpart for everything in this world, but those things are themselves creations. And those things are themselves creations in a spiritual level. And therefore, you have to put things back to the fact that there's the Yetzer, the Creator, who's on above everything else. And that, that was a step which uh, the nations at the time of Avramavino either didn't see or didn't want to see. And that is that beyond seeing that everything here is a spiritual Koyach, which is controlling it or sustaining it, you have to see above it. And then that thing too was created, and there's a creator which is above everything. That's what we would call a malach? We would call a malach, or we call the nation a sire, and those things are there, they exist, but they aren't creators. They're just, a, a, like we saw, a link in the chain of what brings Ruchnius or life down to wherever the physical thing is. It's like a worker who has a manager, but he ignores the fact that there's a, right. there's a boss at the top of the... Right, we're going to look at it like that. Or if you want the Muslim marshal, uh, I mean, a different marshal, the is marshal. And that is that a person thinks that the water comes out of the, from, from, from the floor, from the faucet. But then the faucet, the water comes out. It must be the force of created water. And obviously, that's the famous marshal of the villager who went to the big town and he was amazed to see running water. So he goes to the nearest town and said, I buy these things. So they send him, send him to the harvest advisor for us. So he brings him back to his village. And he tells the people, you're going to see the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And he turns around and nothing happens. And he comes back. So he sold me a, he sold me a bad model. So I told him, well, why is it a bad model? So he said, well, I turned around and nothing happened. So said, okay, so how did you install it? He said, install it? That's installed it. He said, look, I'm going to explain you something. It's not just a faucet. You use pipes in the wall. And it comes from an underground pipe. And it comes from a reservoir. When you have one of that, and the faucet is the last point. That's the famous marshal of its time. What he wanted to use the marshal to explain was exactly this point. And that is, the way that the people that can have to, in spiritual term, the going saw the world as the faucet. There's a spiritual thing which releases the kayak down to this world. Yeah, that, that's where it comes from. That's like playing with the faucet without the piping behind it. Whereas, if you understand, this itself is just the end point of a lot of the whole system which is coming to here. And this is just the last point which brings it down to the world. You've got to go to the source. And the source is Hashem. And it's the same idea, that the Hashav Yetzirah Mokhainah. You can look at the spiritual side of the world too, and understand that these things aren't first causes, they're themselves only a stage in the process, and put the Yetzirah back on the top of the system. And now, 
and then the midasan esther shein nimsa. What he means by this is we saw already that we spoke about the number system that Hashem creates in the world, that it's made up of ten different ten different uh, units, if you want to call it that. But even then, there aren't ten different sort of, no, starting forces in the world. It's not like Kilo, each middle of Hashem is a power in its own right, or it's created in its own right. It's all those ten come back to Hashem. Hashem is working through it in ten different in ten different attack ways of Hanhagas, if you got to put it, ways of dealing with that, but the Shadrach comes back to him. And that's the, that's the, the second line of the Sefi Yitzhira. That understand from the world that, is, that, there is a, that the world was created, and understand back far enough to understand that there wasn't a lot of creators, there was only one creator. And once again, we've explained this before, that's something which is logical. And something which is logical, and Abraham Avinu got to that with logic also. Because, if there would be a, a multiplicity of creators, then it makes no sense that each one would create something which he can't control. Think about it. If there would be a creator which creates animals, and that's a creator of animals, and there's a second creator which creates water, or that creates the sun. So then, if I was the creator of animals, I would create my animals in such a way that they don't need water, and that they don't need the sun. Because otherwise, I'm making my creation dependent on something external to me that I have no control over. So why would I do that? I, I, I'm making myself vulnerable in a way that there's nothing I can do about it. It's the habitual in today's world. If America made all their missiles uh, based on components of China, which only the Chinese knew how to make, why would I do that? It means I'm making myself reliant on somebody else that I can't control. And therefore, if there would be one barrier for animals, and one barrier for water, and one barrier for the sun, then the barrier of animals would never make the animals need water or the sun. I'm making make something which I can't, I'm not in control of. I can't even provide what it needs. And if that's the case, uh, being as, again, the Abraham's fire, being as the world, everything relies on everything else, it must be there's one creator created all of it. Because it's not logical that a creator would create something which he can't control. Therefore, it goes back to, there might be spiritual forces running each thing, they themselves are controlled. There must be something higher up which is controlling all of them. And therefore, again, that same logic process which Abraham started with, he gets back to, uh, has to be the only one creator. What's the counter-argument? That the starting point of Avodah Zara, they knew this, and because of this, they, they rebelled against Hashem, in the sense that they wanted to deal with the intermediaries, not with the creator. But once that became more prevalent, so then the world forgot about Hashem. It wasn't on their eyes anymore. Then they just dealt with the spiritual force, and they didn't they stopped thinking about the fact that there's a creator about it. Another other other the Rambam writes in the that uh, Abraham had long arguments with all the various uh, cults and faiths and beliefs of his time to prove to them that they were wrong. In other words, it wasn't we take it for granted because we used to understand his Hashem. But for a world had forgotten about that and only dealt with uh, with with the various forms of uh, spiritual forces that they tried to manipulate or control. So yeah, of course Abraham had to prove it to them and explain to them that, that, that that's not that's not the source of power. That was the, the next part of Sefi Yitzir. Now, the next part was something which is very deep. Perhaps, and this is uh, a lot to talk about, and Kazari uh, himself, uh, will, this will take a few, a few shirim to explain the next, the next few pages, because, the next few lines, really, because he's going to tell us, he's going to the next part of Sefi Yitzir, which is 
explains how Hashem constructed the world in lots of different levels. And uh, Hashem will learn it, will understand it, and will come out with a much, much deeper understanding of underlying principles how Hashem puts things together to construct the world. I'm just going to quote what we saw in the Rambam and as when a person sees the complexity and the depth which goes into the world, it brings the person on the one hand to a certain level of Avas Hashem and a certain level of Yeras Hashem. Avas Hashem because he sees how much depth there is which he doesn't know and didn't think about and never even believed it existed until he starts to until he starts to understand a little bit deeper how things work and how, how the many layers that are in Hashem's construction of the world. And at the same time, the person hears a certain year because this is the... Uh, well, the more a person realizes the greatness of the Bria and the greatness of Hashem, the more he feels in comparison insignificant. So like I said, to see the whole system will take us a long time, but it's just on with a, a starting, starting point to this. And that is that we understand that the, the way Hashem created the world we spoke about was Bhutibura, through speaking. And if that's the case, why does Hashem speak? He speaks with the letters of the Aleph space. And therefore, if that's the case, then it has to be that within the letters of the Aleph space is the Koyach to create everything Hashem created. Now, what did Hashem create? So, we have three different uh, ways of perspectives of looking at Hashem created. It's well known in the world of what we call the, the physical world Hashem created, which is what we call the Aidam, and the spiritual world Hashem created, which we call the Nefesh, which means the, I mean, the, the only spiritual thing we can really uh, come into contact with is our own Nefesh, but that's the symbol of the spiritual world Hashem created, and then the world of time. Uh, time is an interesting creation. In other words, uh, and this is uh, the first point which we'll talk about it a little bit now and we'll leave on to think about that until next year and that is people think about time as a background that measuring when things happened or how long things took but it's not no one thinks of time as a creation that's a mistake time is a creation and things are created in time which means it's not just that that the backdrop of everything there's a time which is ticking the whole time and, and, and all constantly and then I can think well, when did it happen and I can find on the time chart when it happened but then there's nothing happening except it's a way of like it's, count, it's a counter which is measuring things and I can therefore see put things into perspective against against the clock or when they took place or against the calendar that's not the way we look at time time is a creation and things happen in time what do I mean by that the first and the obvious proof to this is Shabbos it's Shabbos in other words, when Hashem created the seventh day to be different, it means it's, it's not just a, a, another day in the calendar. There's a certain creation of Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and comes Shabbos. It's created differently. So there's a creation on what happens on Shabbos. Shabbos is something different. And so when you come to Yom Tif, and there's a Zman Chayrasaynu and there's a Zman Matan Chayrasaynu and there's a Yom Hadin and whatever other time it is. So there's something special in the time. Which means, again, it's not just that on this day, let's when we do something. There's something different about the day. It is a creation in time. And therefore, when Shema Melech says, for example, 
But that doesn't mean uh, someone, someone's going to happen. People will get born, people die, people are happy, people are sad, people make money, people lose money. No, there's an ancient called Chayfetz, which means it's certain time. There's a time when things are meant to take place. And Hashem is a time for it. And therefore there's an ancient letters and there's an ancient Lamas. It's, it's Kido, there's something which Hashem creates in time when things are going to happen. Now it could be on a global scale, like Shabbos. It could be on an individual scale. Every person has their Aisla, that is an Aisla most. But if you understand what that means, it means that it wasn't just they happened to be born today. No. The, the Kayak of today was that they were going to get born. In other words, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's in the Kayak of that particular time when they're going to get born. If you want to say this in different words, where the Kamara says it, a person's muzzle. Because the muzzle sandwich is constantly changing. The way the Gemara explains it, every day is a different muzzle, every hour according to one opinion is a different muzzle. As things move, which means the lineup of koichas are different. And if that's the case, if there's a certain time a person is born, so then it means that was, the, that was created is something which is going to take place when you have that lineup of different koichas. That would be the time for that person to be born. And same thing, anything else which happens at a certain time, it means that it was something which is created to happen at this time. It's not just randomly of when it took place. It was the, the, the time makes it happen, so to speak. Um, if you want another remiss, this idea, we talk about mitzvahs, which you can only do at certain times, as mitzvahs asish shazman grama. And if you think about the words carefully, that's not really an accurate way of saying it, if we were, the way we simply understand it. We would say mitzvahs asish, which are certain times, yimachoyevin. Hazman grama means there's time caused them. That's, that's a big chiddush. We would just say that there's a, the 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 of causes the mitzvah, and as a time of when I can do it. But to say hazman grama, it means the time caused me to be chayav in the mitzvah, which means the, the, that that when this time comes, that's mechayav the mitzvah. Uh, eating matzah is a mitzvah. Pesach is mechayav eating matzah. So when the time of Pesach comes, that's mechayav eating matzah. It's not that that you eat matzah when the calendar says Pesach. No. Pesach is Mechayev the Matzah. It's the Zman Grama. Sorry? Watch it. We see time is a creation. It's not just a, a system. It's a creation. Other things which are systems we measure by aren't creations. For example, weight, height. These are uncreations. It's how much something weighs. Is uh, We can measure it. I mean, and we, we, can, we can keep a scale of how, 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 how much something weighs, how big it is, how si- it's size, it's whatever other proportion you want. It's just a way of measuring things. It doesn't cause anything. It's not like if something weighs 100 kilos, then something happens. Nothing happens. It's just the weight. We know what the weight is. But uh, when it comes to time, it's not that it's a way of measuring when it was. And now uh, this is when it happened. No, it's the time causes. Right, the time makes it happen. It's mangrama. The time makes things happen. And then that's the third way of a third element in Hashem's creation. Hashem created the world. Hashem created the nefesh, which is the spiritual world. And Hashem created the time. What we call oilam, shana, and nefesh are the three levels of what Hashem creates. And then we have to see how in every case Hashem uses the koichas of, of how He spoke, which means how He used the other face um, to, to create each of these three areas. And this is something very deep. As Hashem, we're going to explore it slowly by slowly to understand a little bit of the system of how the, the level of the can be used in all three areas to create the levels of each one of them.